0: Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and there's no games on the field to talk about, but there's plenty of off-season news to get into, and that's what we're going to do today. It's the perfect weekend to do it. There's no Ohio State game because of COVID. The Browns are playing on Monday Night Football, so there's no games for Northeast Ohio to watch. I mean, I'm sure you're checking out other games. So, It's the perfect time to reconnect with your local baseball team, get some stuff done around the house, and let's talk a little Cleveland Indians news. Now, the winter meetings were this week, and to be honest, it was pretty boring as far as winter meetings go. There were a few moves, there were a few national things going on. Um, The White Sox were busy, the Reds were busy, but for the most part, it was pretty quiet. So... They did it virtually like everybody else in the world is doing right now, but one thing that did happen was the Rule 5 draft, and for the first time in a while, a long time, the Indians actually selected someone in the major league round of the Rule 5 draft. Now, one of the things we do on this show is we break down, right? We break down advanced stats, we get into things, we explain things. We learn together on the show cuz I'm a fan, you're a fan. We aren't we aren't professional baseball writers. So, let's do a little learning first. Now, if you know, if you already know about the Rule 5 draft, skip ahead. It's fine. We'll talk about the players in a second. But if you're not sure about the Rule 5 draft, if you're a little iffy on it, you know some players are taken, you know Indians have lost players, but you're not exactly sure on the rules, let's let's go into it really quickly. So the truth is the Rule 5 draft is really old. It dates back, it's older than the World Series. Uh, according to an article here from Andrew Simmon on MLB.com, the first version of it um, took place in 1892. So before teams had minor league affiliates and everything like that, it was literally a way to select players from the random minor league teams all around the country and sign them to your payroll. So what it became, let's fast forward basically to today, and because there's a lot of history here. But in modern times, what it became is a way to prevent players from being stalled out in the minor leagues. So maybe you got a guy that, you know, he's just blocked at a position, you know, for the Indians, maybe it'd be a third baseman, right? Jose Ramirez is locked in there. You know, what what are you going to do? You got to find another position to play or you're going to be stuck in the minors for a long time. So. For guys like that, and the the current rule is if you've been in a minor league system for four years, or if you were 18 years old when you signed right out of high school, if you've been in a minor league system for five years, and you haven't made it to the 40-man roster yet, so maybe you might not have made it to the majors, but they at least have to have made room for you on the 40-man roster, you become eligible for the Rule 5 draft. So... This, again, prevents guys that have been blocked. Also, maybe a guy who uh, has regressed a little bit, got the AAA, regressed a little bit, maybe had an injury, maybe you know, lost their mechanics on their fastball or something like that. And another team thinks they can fix them on their major league roster. So if you are to select someone in the rule 5 draft, if you take a player from the Cleveland Indians, You have to give the Indians $100,000. You are collecting a little bit of salary relief for that player. But then the acquiring team has to keep them on their major league roster for the season, basically. I think it's like 90 days or something like that. Uh, If they get injured, that's okay, but they have to be active for 90 days. If the acquiring team takes that player... You know, plays them. Maybe they're the utility player. Maybe they're starting in the outfield. Maybe they're a starting pitcher and it's just not working out. They can, they actually, before they're offered back to the team, they're put on waivers. Another team could claim them and then you go through this whole thing with a new team. But if no one claims them on waivers, they can then be offered back to the original team. They'd be offered back to the Indians. The Indians would pay 50000 to reacquire that player. So they get them back at half price. It's happened before. Guys have been taken from the Indians. Guys have been offered back to the Indians. Sometimes the guy offered back the team, the original team, the Indians might say, no thanks, you can keep them. And then that guy player then gets placed in back into the minor leagues of the acquiring team. Maybe the, you know, the Indians organization thinks we still have no fit for that player or we've replaced him in our minor league pipeline and we really don't see the value anymore. So go ahead and hang on to him. So that is the Rule 5 draft. There's also a minor league version of it uh, where I think players have to be on your AAA roster. So that's, that's the Rule 5 draft. And the Indians have actually have, because they've been acquiring so much talent in their minor league system... They actually had a lot of players that were eligible for this Rule 5 draft, and they're going to have a lot of big names next year that are eligible for the Rule 5 draft. Uh, names you've heard of in that minor league system that will be eligible for the Rule 5 draft. So, uh, this is an important thing for the Indians, right? If you want to have this elite minor league pipeline of players, you got to get them up. You got to get them through your system and up. We talk about this all the time. You got to develop hitters. That's the point of the minor league system. They're either assets and trades, or they're supposed to come up and be your next round of talent. So let's look at what happened this year, because the Indians selected a player. They finally selected a player, and they did lose two players in the Rule 5 draft. So we'll go in order of where they went. Uh, With the number nine pick in the Rule 5 draft, in the Major League phase of the Rule 5 draft, the Mets selected Luis Oviedo from the Cleveland Indians. He's a right-handed pitcher, and he actually has been traded to the Pirates since. So who is Luis Oviedo? He uh, came from the Venezuelan kind of pipeline that the Indians are really tapped into to finding talent down there. His fastball ranges from 92 to 98 miles per hour, according to MLB scouting reports here. And uh, he's got a decent curveball and a changeup that he's working on. However, he struggled in his last season. He's only made it to advanced A. That's the highest he's pitched so far is advanced A for the Indians. And he had a 538 ERA, 72 strikeouts and 40 walks in 87 Class A advanced innings in 2019. Now, he's pitching right now in the Venezuelan Winter League, and Indians' perspective last reported that his fastball was back up to 97, 98 miles per hour. So, could it be that the Mets slash now Pirates are thinking about using him in a relief role? That, that seems most likely, especially if his fastball is back up in velocity and he's healthy. He's 21 years old. He's a really young guy, and he was selected in the major league version of this. So he basically has to make the jump now from single A ball to major league baseball. Now with pitchers, especially relievers, that can happen fast. Guys get drafted and can make it all the way up to the majors pretty quickly. So we'll see if Oviedo sticks with the Pirates or if he's going to eventually be offered back to us. I mean, that's a pretty big jump for a guy to go from Class A into the majors, whether he's starting or relieving. And because of this, I think the Indians, well, maybe not because of this, but the Indians made a move to counter this. And with the 15th pick, the Indians selected Trevor Steven, a right-handed pitcher from the Yankees. Now, Steven had pitched all the way up into double-A ball for the Yankees, He also struggled a little bit. Uh, His bio, he's 25 years old, big, 6'5", 225, a big dude. And he is also known for his fastball. So uh, he says he works from 91 to 96 miles per hour, tops out at 98 miles per hour. He's also been a starter, but they said that some of his other pitches – have really struggled. He struggled to try to find a curveball or a changeup that he likes. He throws a decent slider-slash-cutter in the mid-80s. And the scouting report says that uh, it's increasingly likely that he'll become a two-pitch reliever. Now, if you're throwing a 98-mile-per-hour fastball and mixing it with a slider-cutter in the high 80s, that's actually a pretty decent combination for a relief pitcher. So the Indians selected him in the Major League version of this, which means he has to go onto our 40-man roster. He has to go onto our 26-man roster. He should be in line for a bullpen spot with the Cleveland Indians in 2021. His fastball grades out at a 60. Remember, in the scouting reports, their scale is from 20 to 80. So a fastball is 60. It's pretty good. The slider grades out at a 55, his changeup and his control, uh, his changeup is at a 40, his control is a 50 overall, he grades out it as a 40, but I think that's because he struggled a lot as a starter recently dealt with some injuries. And a lot of guys that you see taken in the rule five draft are guys that maybe have dealt with injuries and the other team thinks, uh, you know, we can, we can get a guy, we can keep him healthy. Uh, it, it'll work out with us. So we'll see. We'll see what happens here with Trevor Steven. If everything goes to plan, it's a big, right-handed, hard-throwing reliever out of our bullpen. So uh, it's been a while. It's been a while since the Indians have taken someone in the Major League version of this. Now, to follow things up, the Indians might have thought they were clear. The last pick in the first round was a selection by the A's, pick number 16. And they selected Ka'ia Tom. Center fielder, or well, outfielder, from the Indians. Now, they're getting a pretty good player here in in Tom. And just in case you were curious how to pronounce his name, um, in Hawaiian, which he is, uh, you pronounce every vowel. I went there on vacation, and this is what I learned. If you if you want to if you want to figure out how to pronounce the street names and the cities, you pronounce every vowel. So Kaia Tom. Uh, he, from his scouting report, apparently this dude has really hit everywhere he has gone in the minor leagues. In 2019, between AA and AAA, he hit 290. His slash line was 290, 380, 532 with 23 home runs. That's a 290 batting average, a 380 on-base percentage, and a 532 slugging percentage. That puts him in an OPS over 900. So, this guy was probably going to compete for an outfield spot. Uh, they say he do, he's not as fast as you would like an outfielder to be, but from all scattering reports, he can play all three outfield positions. So he's a guy that I think people were surprised never got a call-up, never got a chance in 2020. And now we've lost our chance. This is a guy that probably would have gone into spring training Competing for a spot on the roster, competing with Oscar Mercado and competing with Bradley Zimmer and Daniel Johnson. Like this guy could have been your opening day any position. And now he's going over to the athletics. And I was a little surprised to see that it's the athletics. It seems like the A's have a pretty crowded outfield. On their active roster, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten active outfielders um, on, their, on their active roster, including names like Chris Davis, including Dustin Fowler, Steven Piscotti. um So they, they've got a lot of guys to deal with here. And um, it'll be interesting to see if Tom sticks or if he has to be offered back. Remember, he has to stay on the active roster. So he'd make a great you know, fourth outfielder, fifth outfielder, because he could play every position in the outfield. But there's a lot of names there on the Oakland A's active roster. So we'll see if he sticks or if he's a guy that could be offered back to the Indians, a guy that they took a shot on because maybe some scouts really loved him and wanted the A's to take a shot on him. And if there's not enough room on that opening day roster, maybe he gets offered back. Maybe we get another chance with Ka'i Tom so hopefully, hopefully we do because from all you know, from all reports, this he could hit. He wasn't in the Indians' top twenty or top thirty prospects, um, but he's he's a guy that apparently just kind of flown under the radar, worked his way up through the minors, and can hit. Now we did take someone in the minor league version of the draft, and uh, we took uh, center fielder Chris Roller from the Dodgers. So I believe he will be plugged in now to our AAA team, to the Columbus Clippers. So it's another name. It's another name in this system. I mean, obviously, if he has an amazing spring training, he could be called up to the Indians. He's he's in our system now. But he doesn't have to be on the opening day roster or anything like that. He could be on the Clippers opening day roster. So uh, maybe he was taken as a replacement for Kai Tom. Uh, Or maybe he's just a guy that we like. So Chris Roller is a new outfielder in the pipeline, in the system for the Indians. So I believe that is all the Indians did in the Rule 5 draft. There are your additions, your subtractions. I mean, was it any huge losses? No. Was it any huge gains? We'll see. We'll see if Steven, uh, what kind of reliever he can be. And if he sticks, that's the thing with the Rule 5 guys. You never know who's going to stick, who's going to not stick. So, that's what the Indians are doing. And, uh, I mean, don't complain too much about the Indians being quiet right now because everybody's pretty quiet right now. Like I said, the White Sox are making noise. The Reds are making noise. um, The Rangers are definitely making noise right now. The Braves, those are the four teams that are really making moves right now. Everybody else is just rumors. The Mets, the, the Yankees, the Indians... Who are the other teams they're really talking about? They're they're, they're mostly just rumors out there right now. In fact, ready for this? This is what happens when you search Francisco Lindor news articles. You ready? These are the headlines about Francisco Lindor. From cleveland.com, will the Cleveland Indians trade Francisco Lindor this week in baseball? From Yanks Go Yard, Yankees should explore this non-Francisco Lindor trade with the Indians. Ooh, that one doesn't even involve Francisco Lindor. Why the Indians are finally ready to deal Francisco Lindor. Indians ready to aggressively listen to Francisco Lindor trade offers from the New York Post. Sports Illustrated, Sports Illustrated, Indians prepared to aggressively listen to trade offers for Francisco Lindor. They picked up that rumor from the New York Post. Good job, Sports Illustrated. Francisco Lindor trade, could Indians Blue Jays make a deal? I believe our, uh, our friend of the show, Zach Meisel, had a hand in that article. That's every article about Francisco Lindor right now. There's nothing. There is absolutely nothing. No news out there about Francisco Lindor. But the writers all know that if you put rumor and Francisco Lindor in your headline, it's a clickbait. You are going to click on it. And, uh, yeah, so ignore the noise right now. Ignore the noise. As far as you know, Francisco Lindor is still on our team. Will something happen? Are the odds high that something's going to happen? Yes, of course they are. We know that the Dolans just aren't going to sign a guy like this, right? They should. Everybody wants them to. The reality is they're not. I'm a little bit too much of a realist when it comes to Cleveland sports. I've had my heart broken too many times. I don't ride too high or too low. I was more hurt about Tyler Naquin getting cut than I am about Francisco Lindor being traded, because we've been talking about it for like three years, right? When the Indians rumoredly, you know, it was rumored that they offered him like a $100,000, $100 million contract. We all knew that was ridiculous. Guys are getting, guys at that time were already getting 250, 300000000 We know that Lindor will be, when his contract expires, when his rookie deal expires, his arbitration deal expires, he will be one of the highest paid players in baseball. He's that good. It will happen. And it's probably not going to be the Dolans who do it. So stay calm on the Francisco Lindor stuff. And remember that a Lindor trade changes the entire landscape of the Cleveland Indian system. It changes the entire outlook of the 2021 season. What kind of, you know, major league ready talent could we get back for him? It could change everything going into this season. So, uh was the British things, keep calm and carry on, right? That's what we have to do this off season. So that's what's going on with your Cleveland Indians right now. You've got a new pitcher in the system. He was a starter. He probably is a reliever now. That's your big Indians news. So enjoy it. Go enjoy your weekend. Go get some stuff done without football on. And as soon as the Indians make another move, if there's more big off season stuff going on, I'll be back with another episode to talk about it. And before you know it, I mean, hey, it's almost Christmas, it's almost New Year's, right? It's going to be pitchers and catchers reporting before you know it. It's going to be here quick. And uh, whether they're reporting to Arizona, whether they're reporting to Cleveland, we'll see. But it's it's going the season, the 2021 season will be here before you know it. It's coming fast. And then we'll be able to dive back into baseball. We'll get we'll have a better idea of what this team is going to look like on paper because right now there's a lot of names that could be on that 26-man roster so stay tuned let's see what else happens that's all my thoughts for today thanks for joining me on this cleveland baseball morning you can follow me on twitter at Davey barris you can email the show at cleveland baseball mornings at gmail.com let me know your thoughts and we'll discuss them on the show Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor. So if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.